0: Welcome to another episode of Discipleology. This week we have a special guest, Michael. This is the guy that I was talking to at a conference uh, on the phone. I was in the middle of a hallway and he said, you know what we need to do? Bible Studies for Life needs to start a podcast. Oh my goodness. This so the, is, he is the reason. So
1: we are the, Yeah, I mean, is it too much of a stretch to say that we are the brainchild? Uh, uh, of our our guest today? Is that too much? I think that
0: uh, it could be a small stretch. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Today with us, we've got Clay from FBC Lexington. Clay, tell us a little bit about your church. Uh, How big is your church, demographic of your church, uh, and how y'all are doing discipleship?
2: Okay, no problem. Um, Yeah, here at First Baptist Church Lexington, Tennessee, we're a church that is now running about 800 in Sunday school, uh, we, um, have a little more than that in worship. Uh, we are in a city of about, about 8,000 people live in the city limits, uh, uh you know, probably 12,000 would go right outside the city limits a little bit, uh, in Henderson County, Tennessee and in West Tennessee, uh, we're the county seat town. Um, and, uh, we have undergone a major revitalization here at First Baptist Church in the last three and a half years. And uh, we have seen God do some amazing things. Uh, we had our largest church here in the 177 year history of the church this past church. Year. That's amazing. Uh, it really is and God's blessed us in amazing ways and and uh, it's just been a it's been a roller coaster ride up and down and mostly up. And uh, we've just seen uh, a lot of lives that have been changed and a lot of ministries that have been started and a lot of amazing things things that God has done in and through this church that has just really been around a long
1: time. Yeah. It, it sounds to me like, uh, Lexington is a lot like, it's a lot like the town that I grew up in. So I grew up in a County seat town, uh, in the Texas panhandle, uh, called Canyon, Texas. And, um, I went to the first Baptist church of Canyon, Texas. That was really close. I mean, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't exactly on the the town square, but it was you know, two blocks from the <laughs> from the town square. Our town had ten thousand people in it, uh, so there was uh, you know obviously people uh, worked in the town in some different places, but there was also a lot of uh, a lot of ranching, a lot of farming, uh, and that kind of thing. And I remember in in that church uh, when I was growing up, when we said the word discipleship, uh, everybody thought I was uh, not just me, but everybody thought what we meant when we said discipleship was a program, a particular program of the church, one that met at a specific time, like you you came to the church for mm-hmm. discipleship classes, and then you would leave for discipleship classes. Is is that, do you find that same dynamic at uh, Lexington?
2: Perhaps maybe when I got here, that might've yeah. been what it was like. Um, you know, like you say, we're literally one block from the point, <laughs> uh, in downtown Lexington. And, uh, I think a lot of people in lots of rural areas, like we're pretty much in a rural area, uh, halfway between Memphis and Nashville. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, a lot of people in our area, they think of discipleship as a program. Yes. Uh, it has a discernible start time, finish yep. time, whether they call it discipleship training or, you know, whatever they want to call it now, everything's got a new fancy name. Uh-huh. And But in their minds, Discipleship is a program. Now, for me, discipleship has never been a program. And here at First Baptist Church now, I would dare say that there's no one that really thinks of discipleship as a program. We say here that discipleship is not a program. Discipleship is a process.
1: I like mm-hmm. that. I like that and a lot.
2: Process doesn't have a beginning and end. A process is right. ever moving forward, ever changing, ever evolving, ever growing, always expanding, always, you know, it's the big snowball rolling down the hill. Scenario. Yep. That's kind of what the process is, and and so it encompasses a lot of people, it encompasses a lot of resources, it encompasses a lot of, of other things that happen related to it. But we consider discipleship here at First Baptist Church to be a process.
1: Was it a uh, uh, was it an uphill battle for you to try and communicate that vision, particularly about discipleship, uh, to people in the early years of your ministry there, trying to help people understand the difference between? thinking about discipleship as just a particular program, but instead of like a process? Was that difficult for people to buy into or no?
2: Well, it, it was for a lot of people, especially people who are probably 50 or 60 plus because they had been programmed.
1: Yeah, to, yeah, yeah.
2: To the program They grew up being told as Southern Baptists that discipleship is an hour on Sunday night that you go to and you complete the module, you fill in the blanks, you get a certificate, you right. <laughs> you, in, you check things off, and that's what the subject is. So, so for many of those people, the whole concept of the subject being a process uh, that moves you as a process of movement from where you are to where God wants you to be, that concept for them was a lot different uh, than it was for probably people who are 50 and below, Yeah, who really more understand the ideas of, processes because on a lot of their jobs they talk about processes and yeah. paradigms. And those type of things. And so, you know, I, I think that for a lot of people when I came to the church at the time it was older. Uh I'm fifty one years old and I love the church where everybody said yes or no, sir to me, to a church where everybody says, Boy, aren't we glad to have this nice young new this pre- guy, <laughs> young guy <laughs> that's here that's right. And so and I'm young because you know I don't have any grandkids yet. Uh-huh. I've grown no grandkids. So so for a lot of people, it was a little bit of a change, but for a lot of people, it wasn't because most of the people that were reaching, they've never been in church or they're new believers. So all they now know about discipleship is what's happened since they gave their life to Jesus. Yeah, And a lot of the other leaders through training and education and the other uh, things that we've done with our leadership, they've grasped the concept we have a very clear mission strategy. Uh, we have a very clearly defined m- process of movement, of moving people uh, from, you know, from out there to, to being a disciple of Jesus. We call it a, a starting place, a strengthening place, an ascending place and in uh, a movement of moving people through that. And uh, so really a lot of the new people have really grasped that concept. A lot of the people that have really uh, helped move the church forward or people who are here as leaders, but they really, they were willing to be trained. They were willing to learn. And so they have to see it modeled for them. They right. have to start getting some victories under their belt. They have yeah. to see some wins. And when they start seeing it happen, all of a sudden, again, it, it takes on a life of its own. It feels it momentum.
1: Yeah. And it feels more organic, I would guess too, when it, when it yeah. starts, when people feel, feel that happening. I mean, one of the cool things that, as, as andrew and I have talked to to various church leaders about how discipleship happens in their particular place of ministry it's been neat to see some of the commonalities but also some of the differences and how people and how people talk about it so we um we we had made friends with this guy in inner city Baltimore and we talked to him on the podcast and uh his his uh, ministry is I wouldn't say that they're they're not unchurched people. They're like anti-church people. So yeah. it's it's the
0: pre-Christian. Church. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But people who have some kind of animosity already yeah. with the with the church. So there's that. And then we talked to uh, a children's pastor not long ago. And so it's it's totally different the way that that everybody articulates what happens in discipleship in their community and in their church. But one of the things that everybody seems to have in common is the idea of, of movement. Like we're moving people from this point to this point to this point, and there's not a finishing point to that movement. You just keep on going until you're, you're with Jesus someday. Can you give, you said, I, I think it's really important. I want everybody to make sure that they get it. And I'm worried that I didn't fully get it, Clay, when you said it the first time. But what were the, the three stations uh, in the process that you talked about?
2: We talk about uh, the movement process basically in three major areas. We even say that there has to be a starting point. Uh, that is where the moment that you as a Christian or the church as a whole makes that one-on-one connection with someone at some starting place. For some people, it might be a worship service. It could be a block party. It could be a special event. It could be a, an evangelism visit. It could be... Uh, some sort of an hourly-focused ministry like Vacation Bible School or yeah. a project, a mission project like we do at our, our, our county fair that we just finished. And so it's that that moment, that starting place is where it starts. And once you have that, you start making that connection through different things, personal connection, the Sunday school connection, which is vital. Uh, the, the small group Sunday school is vital to the discipleship process. Uh, that evangelism connection, you know, ministry connections, those kind of things, and that that starting place leads people to a a strengthening place. We want them to come to faith in Jesus Christ, but at that strengthening that strengthening place, that's where that's where you begin to grow as a disciple. That's where uh, you begin to to realize what God has for you, um, and you you find yourself. Uh, trying to become more like Jesus, your priorities begin to change, your focus begins to change, your yeah. perspective begins to change in that strengthening place. And, and in the church, uh, you find yourself, uh, you know, being a, being actually in participatory and, and involved in small group Sunday school and in ministry projects. And, and, and uh, you find yourself building relationships and connecting with other people. You're involved in prayer groups or small accountability groups. And you, you find that you begin to involve yourself in more of the things of God. You begin to strengthen. The more you're involved in the things of God, related to ministry and evangelism and missions and, and reading the word and studying the word, the more strengthening you become. And, and over a period of time, that leads you to being, you know, a sending place or a sent people. So you have yeah. a starting place, a strengthening place, and then you become a sent people. Uh, or a singing place where where you are not just participating in ministry you're leading ministry you're not just thinking missionally your own mission for Jesus you're not just giving to a mission project you're going on a mission trip you're not just you know amending the sermon on evangelism you're actually doing evangelism yeah true yeah that that's the key to it and that's where discipleship you know you become a disciple who makes disciples who make disciples you you have bring people in, you build people up, and you boldly send people out for the purpose of bringing more people in, building more people up. That's right. one of the
1: things you're saying that I really resonate with is I, I feel like that sometimes we have the misunderstanding that being sent is exclusively an effect of discipleship. Um, what, what I mean is is that you, you know at some point, you reach a level of spiritual maturity where you, you can be sent. And I really like how you're articulating it, that it's I, – I, certainly some of that is true, right? Like it's – you're sent because you are being discipled and you're walking on this pathway of discipleship. But what I also hear you saying is that in as much as a legitimate place on your personal journey of discipleship is uh, a starting point and then and then this place where you really start to strengthen, being sent is, is also – one of the ways that you actually grow as a disciple. It's not just an effect of it. It's, it's how you grow, right? It's how you grow as so you actually get out into the world, right?
2: Very much so. And we see that here. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, we're, we're a church that still does faith evangelism. Okay. And uh, I've got 60 participants in faith evangelism this semester. Actually, actually, 63. I have 21 faith evangelism. And those people... By participating in evangelism, coming together every week in a three-person team, learning to share their faith, learning to share their testimony, learning to talk about a small group, Sunday school class, uh, going out and knocking on doors, ministering to people, showing people love in a practical way. What I'm seeing over and over again, the fastest growing disciples in my church are those people.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I love that.
2: About that. Grows them as a disciple, but then it's not a theory anymore to them. Yeah, it's, that's right. Ministry is real to them. Jesus is real to them. The, the dependence on the Holy Spirit of God is real to them. And that's where a real strength is because they're having to exercise their faith as they exercise obedience.
1: Yeah, this is a really good learning point, right, for I think anybody who's listening to this podcast to be able to, because I do feel like sometimes people are hesitant to you know, put, put people in, uh, in sent roles like ministry roles until they have achieved, you know, some predetermined the level of, of knowledge level or, or yeah. whatever. Uh, I think it's really encouraging to hear stories about people who know that it's actually a catalyst for someone's own spiritual growth to be, you know, sure. to be sent out on mission. Um,
2: example that, right, Um, there's a yeah, guy yeah, yeah. in my church and uh, Steve uh, brought his grandkids to our Mother's Day out. And my Mother's Day out, people would engage in about church and evangelism and things. And he just really wasn't too interested. And God really kind of spoke to him literally going down the road one day that he ought to come to our church. And he showed up out of the blue, not knowing anybody, having never been to church in his entire life. He and his wife show up with their grandkids. And um, I went out and I visited with Steve uh, this summer. And Talked to him about Jesus, and he just said, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm really that's where I am yet, but I'm trying to, to, to learn about this. And so I answered all of his questions. The next Sunday, he comes back to church, walks the aisle, gives his life to Jesus miraculously. The wow. first thing he says to me a week later is, He says, You know how you came and visited me at my church, I mean, at my house after church, Says, sure. He said, I need to do what you did. I've got a <laughs> lot of I know that need to hear what you told me. And, and and people are telling me in this church that you have this thing called faith. I don't know what that means or what it does. How if cool! It, if it means I can learn to do what you did and talk to people about Jesus, that I'm involved. So he's the first guy that signed up this semester.
1: Man, that's great.
2: Man, Steve's on a, on the Faith Evangelist team. Steve is coming every week. He's going out. He's talking to people about Jesus. He's sharing his story, and he and his wife are growing in leaps and bounds spiritually. Now this is a guy that's been saved for three months. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. And
2: he, he's growing more spiritually than some folks that have been in this church for thirty years. And the direct correlation is he's involved in evangelism.
0: Yeah, he's he's been sent. He's he's been sent. It's awesome. That's great. I think I I need to stop sending questions before uh, because. Well, plays these are, it, this plays, is a conversation that's better. Yeah, yeah. Like these are, these are uh, you're answering all of my questions without me asking. <laughs> that's great. Uh what what kind of practical advice do you have for a church that is trying to get started in something like this?
2: Well, the, the first the first thing is, it it comes down to the fact you've got to be intentional. Evangelism doesn't happen by accident. Discipleship doesn't happen by accident. Just like worship doesn't happen by accident. You have to have intentionality as the leader as the pastor uh pastors guys you know you you've got to stop passing discipleship and evangelism off to somebody else in your church uh you this is god called you to win this that's right uh, your job is to equip the, the saints for the work of ministry not the job of, of some other staff member that's 10 ranks below you or some lay person out there you know we our job is to be very intentional as leaders uh, to, to lead people in evangelism and discipleship. If you don't do it as the pastor, if you're not the model for it, chances are it's probably really not happening in your church. Uh, you pre- you can preach a thousand sermons about it. And the truth of the matter is, pastor, you are the sermon. Huh. Your life and your leadership, that's the sermon that people need to see. you know, the leader is the lesson. Yeah. And so you've got to be the lesson for your other leaders. And so, You've got to be intentional. You've got to lead this. You've got to sit down and be really honest and ask the question, if if we meet someone out here in our community, how will I engage that person from the moment I meet them in the community to help them move from being out there in the community to being a person who goes back into our community as a disciple, soul winning person? but I can lead them to faith in Jesus, grow them in and send them back into this community to reach other people. There has to be a process for that. It will not happen by itself. It will not happen without you sitting down and sitting down on the piece of paper asking the hard question, how are we doing this now or are we doing this now? What are ways that we're actually engaging our community because you can't disciple someone you're not reaching. So we've got to be out there reaching people. We've got to be out there uh, of meeting them where they are, going to where they are. And, uh, you know, the Great Commission, like the old saying, is not y'all come, but it's let's go. I like and that we, too. We got to really, we really got to go to where people are. That's what Jesus did. Jesus engaged people where they were. And he showed them love. He showed commitment to them first before he asked them to show commitment to him. Hmm. And then he has said, you come and follow me. Well, that, the church ought to be doing the same thing leaders of the we ought to be going to where the people are and showing our love and commitment to them and then introducing them to the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, so it's got to be an intentional process, and you need to sit down and think really hard, what are we going to do to these people? How will I move them? Okay, we'll get them in church. Somebody walks in the doors of your church Sunday. Who's responsible for them? Who's going to greet them? Uh, How are we going to enroll them in Sunday school? Do we even know where they would go? Do we have a class for them? Uh, Do we have a class of, of of Sunday school leaders who know how to engage them with the gospel, who know how to disciple them, or do we have the right literature? We need to ask the hard questions and ask, how can I move this person from walking through the doors to participating, to growing as a disciple, to making other disciples? And the truth is, if you can't write that on paper, and you can't articulate that, and you can't get in a room with other leaders and teach it to them, and model it for them, you don't have a plan for discipleship. So the truth is, you've got to sit down and take time to sit down with your staff, sit down with key leaders in your church, lay people. Lay people are brilliant. They understand this more than you think they do. I
1: think and that's they, right. You
2: know, they can really help guide this process. And it's not something that's going to happen overnight. We think you know, everybody's looking at this magic bullet that if I take program A, B, or C, then my church is going to grow. Stop trying to grow your church start growing people and your church will grow. Yeah. Start growing the kingdom God, of God and the church will grow. Yeah. Stop trying to grow the church. And the greatest asset we have are people. You know, a church is, is, is an organization. You can't grow an organization. You can grow people who come who are in your organization. And that's, that's what we got to focus on. So that was be really the best advice that I can give the pastors. And, and there's so many resources. I mean, This podcast is a resource all the, you know, for us right now in our church, we are using the new Bible Studies for Life Discipleship Guide, and I'm telling you, we have found that to be life-changing in our Sunday school right now, Uh, knowing that we can teach a Sunday school lesson, a small group lesson, and have it reinforced with a daily devotion guide that reinforces what you learned on Sunday in your home and with your family we are finding that to be great. I mean, you know, there's so a of resources that are available, but those things are absolutely worthless if you don't make them tools and put them in your tool belt and actually use it.
1: Yeah, I, I'll, first of all, I just wonder if there's anything we can do to make you more passionate, Clay. I mean, I don't, <laughs> <laughs>
2: passion is not my problem at all. I'm, not, uh, I, I'm really passionate about this because, you know, people's lives matter. I mean, we say at First Baptist Church here. You know, that we exist to take the gospel of Jesus Christ across the street, across the states, and across the seas because every life matters. And, and the reason we go across the street and across the states and across the seas is because every life matters. It's and true. we take that seriously. We are we're stewards. You know, Ezekiel says that we're the watchman on the wall. And, uh, and, and, and if we don't do something, then the blood of these people are going to be on our hands. Well, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be somebody who, who at least stands before the Lord, say, Lord. I may not reach them all. I may not have, I may have done everything I could have, but I, I made a huge attempt, at and I, I, took a lot of people with me, and I, you know, as the pastor of the church, I did everything possible to give my job away to other people because I trained them and led them and quit, yeah. yeah, and 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 led them to lead other leaders, and, and so
1: it's you know, I am
2: that. I'm very unapologetic about it as well. So. <laughs> well,
1: it certainly comes. I mean, it comes out when you're talking to you. Uh, when you're talking uh, to you, obviously, Clay one of the one of the ways that I hear that passion for people. I, I mean, I think this is a paradigm changing statement for a lot of a lot of people who are in full time ministry. Here's what you said: you said you don't grow an organization, you grow people. Right. That really is a paradigm changing thing. We tend to think in categories about you know how do I of church growth. Like, how do I, how do I grow my attendance? How do I grow the offering? Um, I really love thinking about the fact that we grow people rather than organizations at that, that feels like a very, uh, that feels like a very gospel uh, New Testament way to, uh,
0: to think about it. We're so glad, man. Thank you for taking the time to, uh, to come and join us. Clay, I know that you're super active in a blog and on Twitter. Uh, where can people find out more about you, more about FBC Lexington?
2: Well, FBC uh, Lexington is www.fbclexington.com. And uh, we have a Facebook page. We're you know, live stream live and, and Facebook live all the time. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, you know I'm thankful to, to talk to anybody, help anybody that I possibly can. You can email me at Clay Hallmark at fbclexington.com. And, uh, you know, I'd be thankful for the opportunity to help anybody that I possibly can. I uh, I don't even begin to pretend like I have all the answers or anything like that. But, you know, we've done some things here in the church that was uh, dying and going away. And, um, you know, God's just done an amazing work in this church and revitalized the church. And and it's really exciting to see what happens when people figure out God really does have a purpose and yeah. plan for life. Um, and so we're excited about what God's going to do in the days ahead. And uh, I'm thankful for guys like you that take seriously discipleship and realize that, you know, there needs to be more resources in the hands of leaders to to help them, to encourage them, to support them. And I think this podcast and, and the kind of things that you guys are trying to do is going to be a great benefit to the kingdom of God and leaders like myself.
0: Good. We hope so. We hope so. Clay, thank you so much. Uh, To you, the listener, if y'all will head over to Discipleology.com, there you can sign up for Michael Kelly's book, uh, Creating a Discipleship Pathway. That is our free gift to you. Also, if you would click click subscribe, give us five stars if you like us, uh, or if you just like Michael, that's fine too. Or Clay, if you just like Clay. All of the above. Um, Anybody but me. Clay, thank you. Thank you for uh, hanging in with us today. Michael, always a pleasure. We'll see you guys next time.